Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of The Boss Chronicles. Why do I sound like that? This is your co-host, Donald. <laughs> Yo, put the podcast voice on. What's up? It's Rhonda. Yo, this we're back at Community Forge's podcast studio. and It's rec- dope. It's so dope. And I just like hearing my voice in this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Boss Chronicles. <laughs> It's also official. Um, today, we're going to talk about leases, commercial leases, because, boy, I got a story for y'all. <laughs> What's going yeah. on with you, though? So I moved uh, last weekend. I bought a house. So like our episode, our last episode, by the time this comes out, everyone will have known that because no one knows that now except for a few close people. Um, but, yeah, I bought a house. And that's super exciting, but it also really pulled me away from business for like 35 days, which is actually a fast closing. So I should be grateful for that. But I'm getting back into the swing of business things now. Mm. That is a sort of adjustment. It is. I mean, it's an adjustment. Even thinking about commercial space and thinking about you moving into your commercial space. I moved out of my commercial space in September. Bro, does that even count as commercial space where you was at? It it doesn't. Child, so I was ghetto. We'll get into the red flag. So Donald's gonna share his story <laughs> about uh, what's going on with his commercial space right now, and I'm gonna chime in and and throw in some red flags that I saw from my quote unquote time having a commercial space. I just want you to know I'm really excited that I just checked my boarding pass, uh, confirmed that my TSA pre-check is on there. And I'm about to play a dance with the devil. So depending on the time we get out of here, <clears throat> my flight's at 5.15, board's at 4.30. I could catch a 28X at 2.48 and get there at 4. But I have pre-check, so I might be able to fly through it a lot faster. Anyways, so. Risky. Risky, but this is how I fly. This might be, that's, yeah, anyways. That's how we live our lives. We're I was about to ask you, could you take me to the airport later? <laughs> <laughs> like when we're done? Actually, you are on. I am over that way. I just have to go back to my apartment in Bloomfield and go get like my bag. We'll see. I do have two client sessions after this. What time? Two and three. How is that going to work? <laughs> so here's my life right now, y'all. By the time you hear this, I don't know if the situation will be resolved. But as many people who know me know, who have been following me or just are around at all, know that as of today, which is the 22nd of April, I'm moving my gym to a new space. I was supposed to be moving my gym to a new space in East Liberty. Well, this week I found out the landlords don't want to do it. They are breaching their contract, like, boldly. Like, they're trying to bully me boldly. Like, they're like... Bro, fuck you. No. So <laughs> basically uh, from the emails that my broker sent me, she uh, she forwarded me the email and was like, they said, well, she called me and told me this at the beginning of the week. They found somebody who will not subdivide the space. And that's the quote unquote direction they want to go. But it's a fully executed lease. And so what a fully executed lease means is that both parties have signed the lease. Mm-hmm. And now they don't want to go through with it, which is a breach of contract. But I'm also finding that these situations 
when it comes to litigation, it really, th- th- it makes sense to when people say it's about who has more money. Yes. Because like for me, I have to fight this or I, I could just walk away. I could just walk away. And they assume you will walk away because you don't want to spend money on legal fees. And they assume that you wouldn't have the knowledge to know how to fight that or even have access to lawyers and and everything you need to be able to make a substantial case. That's a ballsy move on their part. But they're like this big development group out of D.C. I ain't going to drag on them all like that on the air. But I've... So... I've been speaking to some attorneys because I am not going out like that. I know y'all owe me some money. I spent money. I took out loans. Like I've been doing, and there's loss of revenue. There's people like on my lead sheet right now. who's like, Ooh, we're going to start training when you move. And it's like, surprise, I'm not moving yet. And that's lost money. Then there's the fact of the whole point of moving is to, for the revenue to go up more. And so like I was talking, I talked to God, almost half a dozen attorneys, but I found somebody I'm going to go with. But I also learned, so through this, we're going to talk about some lessons here. Here's number two. First one was what a fully executed lease was. Number two, attorneys. Back in, was it December or January, I got an attorney. And like, and it was just for contract stuff. Although I did use it for that personal business I told you about. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but um, I thought I was a hot shot. I said, oh, I got an attorney on retainer. I was like, ooh, she was like, yeah, it's $500 retainer. She said like a $1,000 retainer, but like it was a $500 to dance. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, it was a $500 retainer minimum. And it was like a buck fifty an hour. And I'm like, that's not that bad. I thought lawyers would cost way more than that. I was like, that's almost what I charge for a one-on-one. Okay, we can do this. Let's dance. That was a hot shot. Throughout this process, I realized, oh, no, that's like the low end. That's like... My attorney's great, so, like, I'm not even about to do that. Pricing-wise, though, mm-hmm. that is, like, the equivalent of going to Planet Fitness to get a personal trainer on the pricing tip. There was an attorney I spoke with the other day. That man told me $7,500 minimum retainer, $350 an hour. Ooh. I was like, oh, buddy. And it wasn't even a $350 hour that hit me so hard. It was the $7,500 minimum retainer that hit me in the chest. Like, right. Oh, that's, like. A month's salary for... You said, you're going to pay me for my time. Yes. And I was like, oh, I, I learned. So I got somebody who's going to do this for me. It's a different attorney, but somebody who was very willing to happy to go through the litigation process for me. So how this works, right? There's Here's my options. And so if you ever find yourself in a situation, here's what you can do. Here's what I'm going to attempt to do at least. So you can walk away. I'm not going to do that because no. You could try to get the attorney to fight them to actually go through with the lease but there's that whole caveat of do you really want people to screw who just tried to screw you over who are trying to screw you over currently not just try to currently are trying to if not just are screwing you over actually just right now do you want them to be your landlord and like make them go through with it do we really want resentful people to be in charge of our maintenance um oh wait chime in chat that that was so okay so allowing resentful people to be in charge of your maintenance slash commercial space. So you know something about that. I know something about that. So background story, right? I started a co-working space inside of an old school building. I wouldn't call it a co-working space. It was an old school building where they were leasing out rooms to different businesses. 
And long story short, they became very resentful um, because they wanted to control every aspect of everything. The building wasn't up to standard, wasn't up to code. As Donald said, it was very ghetto. Um, And, yeah, as soon as you see that people are resentful or have negative energy towards you, like, I don't know, I'm a very energy person, you got to you gotta take that exit. So that is what led to me taking my exit in September and moving all my shit out um, on August 31st and um, sending a very lengthy email about all the reasons that I would no longer be paying rent there or um, extending my stay. So tell us a little bit about uh, what was so wrong over there. So first of all, like I said, old school building, they had a chain around the front door. That's that's how you got in. You had a chain around the front door. It was prison? Right. <laughs> I think some people thought it was. And um it looked like it was a it would look like it was abandoned. Like no maintenance in the front. Um just from my descriptions, I'm sure if anybody is familiar with spaces that they would easily know which one I'm talking about. I'm not going to put them on blast right now, but they didn't have any like lights outside. Parking was a mess. Um, and the expectations to do things for the building as a whole were just not in balance with what the building as a whole gave to the tenants. Like you want me to come out and sweep the hallway, but like you can't even fix like something in the bathroom. Can I get slumlords for 500 please, Jerry? Right. Like, I mean, I, I'm all about community. So I don't have a problem. Like, I've cleaned the, the whole front parking lot. I've cleaned the front entryway. What? Like, right. Like, because this is my business. So when people come in to see me, I want them to at least, like, not be walking past used things in, in the parking lot. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a sweep that up, blow that away, like, have some respect for myself. But, um, yeah, that wasn't possible in that shared building space. So had to raise on up out of there. Had that to go. chain. Don't let the chains of oppression the and chain front doors was very, right. hold you down. <laughs> the chain was very symbolic. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't have a black woman co-working space in, in an old school building with a chain around it. Like, how? Sway? How? I'm trying to get you to come to the Forge for, like, a year and a half. But also... Community Forge is on the other side of the planet, <laughs> like literally. And um, I don't need office space anymore. Yeah. You're on this bigger and better. Yeah. So that was lesson number three, right? Or number, that's number. That was well, number two. That's number two. And I, I, gave really a, finish number I gave two. a caveat of 2A. Yeah. 2A. Okay. So um, be mind. Yeah, yeah. The, don't, don't deal with resentful people. Uh, because if you, have, you start asking them to do the right things for you and they don't want to do it, they're going to make it hard for you. Mm-hmm. So in the situation of a breach of contract, you could walk away and, you know, cut your losses. You could fight them and make them go through with it. Or number three, you can collect damages, which uh, damages generally would go, are about money spent and money lost. And so I learned there's also a couple ways I can do this. I can front load this work of litigation and based on projections and what's going on right now, excuse me, and have them send an angry letter saying I will sue them. 
and see if they will either go through with it or just a priori cut a check, but then actually say, hey, this is how much money in damages. And then that would apparently that might take a while. That could take months, depending on how much they want to fight back about it. There is from what I've been told, they probably know that if I'm going to get an attorney, that's the route to go. So whatever money they're going to make, they think is worth it to just potentially I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of hoping at this point they'll just pay me out because I don't want to deal with them. The other thing I also learned was I could file a claim. So I don't know at this point what the statute of limitations are for a breach of contract. Um, one of my clients who's uh, somebody who I would think would know this suggested that it might be like four years statute of limitations. So I could actually wait until I move the gym, get everything set up and then back claim them for money that was lost in regards to having to find a new place, the difference in rent, money lost, money I'm spending on loans that I can't even use, um, paying back loans that are just, you know, kind of sitting there. So those are some, some options as well. So breach of contract, people are shady. People are shady. I have actually, I was kind of talking to a few members about this. I was told some horror stories about people getting over on you in commercial. Like it's not sweet. Um, yeah, people are shady. And I think that, like I said, they think that you are just a little person. It's almost like small businesses. I don't know. What's your thought of, thoughts on this? Small businesses have more integrity than larger companies. Or maybe we're just closer to the ground. Um, I don't believe that. <laughs> I didn't see plenty of people small business. They shady as hell. But also maybe it's because there's more of us. So that's why my ratio can feel uh, like it's more. Like, cause I've, I've seen small business owners that are shady as hell too. But there's so many more small businesses that you can like kind of see a glimmer of hope. Mm -hmm. So where like big businesses, it's like, what, we deal with the same 10, 15 big businesses. Yeah, I mean. And they're all fucking shitty. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. I don't, so you asked me my thoughts. I feel like the potential to get brushed off if you can't make a lot of noise exists more with bigger businesses. But I do not, I don't personally think that they're all inherently like shady in, in their dealings. Some places are pretty transparent. I think how you can best tell is how's the work environment. And, you know, there are companies that, people you know vouch for but also it's that line of when you become a small business versus a big business versus like there's that whole medium ground mm -hmm. i think you have to have like i think a small business is defined as is it defined as under 50 employees or under 500 employees but it's something wild like that uh under 500 i believe under 500 so like my Which business is, is very different than somebody who has 250 employees right. as far as i'm concerned it's a big business that's a big business <laughs> like that's crazy that you even think about 500 people as a small business yeah so that's like a whole different scale um some other thoughts on commercial leases so when you were looking right what did you look for when it came to finding a space or like how did you even find yourself in a space so I actually went to train with um, a fitness trainer and she was oh, at that. She space. got some stories. I know you talking about homegirl. Mm -hmm. Oh, she got some stories about them folks. Right. <laughs> so she, but she didn't like give, like she kind of gave me the background, but like she kind of like sweetened it up a little bit too. Like, 
oh, I mean, it's bad, but it's not going to stay bad because, like, we're going to talk to the board and we're going to do this. And, like, we got some things in play that that we're about to do. So, yeah, come in because it's going to improve, like, quickly. And I was like, okay, I mean, this is I, – I could deal with this as long as I'm moving towards quick improvement. Um, another red flag was, like, they didn't – they weren't worried about credit checks. They weren't worried about, like – the business for real for real they were just like oh you're going to give us money like you're going to give us a check now oh okay like you could just write it right now and I'm like yeah I mean this is you know what I want to do so they were more concerned about money but always try to act like they weren't concerned about money but it was always about money um wait can we can we wait so did you have experience with other play, other people or places that want to do credit checks? Because I, I never had to do that before. So I've, I've had experiences personally, mm-hmm. like renting personally, not commercially. Okay. So this was the only commercial space I've ever been. Oh, yeah. The renting places that the landlords be wanting everything. Right. So anytime I've ever rented like an apartment, people are like, oh, we want your credit, we want your background check. Like we want all this stuff. Um. Their uh, contract was, like, real vague and simple and, like, Googled. (laughs) Like, not, like, a real thing. Um, What else? I'd say those were the major red flags looking back. Okay. Um, So, my experience to this. So, this has been, like, so, moving to Community Forge was, uh, honestly, a relatively simple-ish process um it wasn't that different from y'all except for i think that just had better people (laughs) um i came so so the story right i was in east liberty and there's this guy his name is don't tell me i forgot it all over again jim furlow he's this old senator or political guy he's like a legend or something like that and apparently i was standing out front of his sister's art studio and I was going to ask her about these spaces that were next door. And he pulls up and we just get the chitter chattering. And I'm telling him like, yeah, I'm, I'm subleasing other guys, gym. Uh, I should probably bring that up. What a sublease is like, but it's no, for another time. So, and I was telling him that and he's like, have you ever heard of a CDC? So if you're looking for space and you're like, who can lead me to some spaces? And I should probably reach out to one of these actually. Um, community development corporations. So a lot of neighborhoods have them and they are like local business organizations that help with, you know, helping local businesses. And so he was like, oh, you should reach out to these different CDCs. And I was like, oh, reach out to the Wilkinsburg CDC. They took me to two places on Penn Avenue that uh, I, they weren't good spaces. Uh, they wanted, they wanted like, yeah, I mean, I love Wilkinsburg. It's great. But like, it's not exactly a place booming with business at this point, especially when it wasn't three years ago. They wanted like the same money I was going to pay in Central East Liberty per square foot. Like in Wilkinsburg? in Wilkinsburg, like it was like a Wilkinsburg is a wild place. Like, it's a wild place. I don't want to go on a tangent, but like they're really <laughs> a wild place. Like they, I try to buy a house in Wilkinsburg, and first of all, tax wise, like they're they're just they just be living like they just be living out there. Like, what's <laughs> going on in Wilkinsburg? <laughs> yeah, they wanted like eighteen, nineteen dollars a square foot for like a two thousand square foot place, and I'm like, that's literally what my terms were about to be in East Liberty, and I'm like. Bro, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm not paying y'all this on Penn Avenue so that every my, both neighbors, both sides of me are vacant and have been vacant for like, 
some some of these stores have been vacant since I graduated from high school. Like, right. and y'all want to charge me what? Oh wow! So I came to Community Forge, which was like built to be a place where you could get your feet on the ground and get started. And so it was my first like real lease. But this process now has taken me six months to find a place. I started looking seriously in October of 2021 for a place towards so many. So um, I got a couple terms for y'all that I want y'all to write down. Pull your notebook out if you're looking for a commercial space um, and kind of want to learn some stuff. I had somebody, I actually had an opportunity to get, go through this with a few people. How it's priced, because it's very different from like getting a, like a renting a house. Mm-hmm. So it's price square dollar per square foot for a year. So when you go places, let's say you're in Pittsburgh, right? Something might cost, you might see it cost $20 per square foot. The default is that it's per year. So what you would actually do is take that number of the the $20 times the square foot. So let's say it's 2,000 square feet. You'd multiply that together. So you'd get 40,000. So you get $20 and 2,000 square feet. Um, You would multiply that number together. And just to make sure that I'm not exactly an idiot, I'm going to multiply this with y'all right now. $20 times 2,000 square feet, $40,000. That is how much you're going to pay for the year. So then to get your monthly rent, you divide that by 12. And it's $3,333.33 per year. So that's how you figure out how much a space costs. Because if you go on like LoopNet, you go on Craigslist and you're looking for a space, you're going to see that number pop up. That ain't how much it costs per month. So another thing, you know, because utilities and all that, you got to pay all that yourself usually. But there's also different types of leases. So there's net leases and the nets, there's like a single net, which I don't think is very common. Double net, which is eh, common. Triple net leases, which are extremely common because they're very landlord friendly. Gross leases and modified gross leases. I am not going to explain all of them because I'm not going to lie to you. I do not know them that deep. I know triple net leases because that's what's common. So the nets are as when you have like when you rent a house, the tenant is only responsible for rent and utilities. And the landlord of a house has to pay for the property tax, has to pay for the insurance and has to pay for the um, certain most maintenance. Yeah, maintenance. Well, in commercial, it's flipped. This is why that my end goal. I want to get commercial property because the landlord is responsible for like not much. Because the tenant on a triple net lease, you pay property tax or your share of it um, if it's a shared space. But property tax, you pay the insurance on the place and you pay for the maintenance of the place. And so that stuff gets rolled into its own cost. It's usually like for the space I was going to be at, it was like $3.46 a square foot per year. So depending on it, it could be, you know, several hundred dollars to even a thousand dollars to pay for that. You might also have cam expenses. You said it gets rolled into the price that's already outlined for the square footage. No, that's it separate. Doesn't. It's okay. separate. So when you see the price per square foot, that's just rent. You don't even see what that triple net piece is going to be till you get a lease. I'm thinking, though, it's usually going to be under $5 for the mm-hmm. most part, just from like having seen a couple leases now and looked at that. It's usually like a single digit number, like under five. Then there's cam expenses, depending on where you're at. Common area maintenance. Like, let's say, you're sharing a space with other businesses, uh, like kind of a space like Community Forge, one of those type of spaces, then there's a common area maintenance, which is also like a couple hundred bucks. 
So you see your rent, you probably just want to add like almost 10% to that for like everything else. And common area maintenance, that includes like the snow shoveling, landscaping, or no? If you're not dealing with the slumlord, yes. Okay. Um, what else? There's the process, right? So you find a space. You have different types of people to rent from <clears throat> or to lease from. From like big development groups who are like, there's big development groups who you kind of just talk to some person who's very far away from the top. You have a smaller ones, which you might talk to somebody who's like kind of like in charge. They're just, they have a lot of money. And then you have like mom and pop owners who are like somebody who like literally is kind of like a landlord for like a house. And, you know, you can kind of deal with them directly. But most of the time there's going to be an agent. From what I'm learning, you do not go into commercial negotiations by yourself. You always have a real estate agent. Oh, let me tell you how real estate agents get paid. So this might be helpful because I didn't know this. The real estate agent doesn't get paid till you sign a lease. And they usually get paid as a security deposit. And I think, that's an asterisk, I think. But they get paid when the lease gets signed. It's either that or the first month. It's, it's probably not the security deposit. That's probably a bullface lie. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, because it's a security <laughs> deposit. Duh, Donald. So you get, they get paid once the lease gets signed and like they get paid a certain percent of it, but you don't have to pay extra to pay them. That's my point. Like um, when you buy a house, you're responsible for closing costs. When you re lease commercial space, you're not responsible for that. And it's kind of the same as if you like get a leasing agent that helps you like lease an apartment. You don't pay them to do that. They get paid out of the deal. And then you, your agent talks to the property owner's agent and then like, you have this middleman dance and a lot of like the other property managers and like the owners, if they're like even moderately sized, they're not going to talk to you directly. Like they will, they will refuse to talk to you directly. It's so funny because I just learned that going through the home buying process. Like I always thought that like home buying, they just got paid out of the deal too. And then I realized like I had to pay for that and it was expensive. Yeah. Like, Damn. <laughs> It's like three, five, three to five percent or something like that. Yeah, which is a couple thousand, a few thousand. Let me not even say a couple. A couple, a, a few. Oh. It was a few. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I think what other things to look out for. So like, the more so actually, a couple of leverage tips. So wait, one thing yeah, yeah. that you told me that I didn't know, or someone else had mentioned this to me too, is that you can negotiate them to fix things before you enter into the lease yes commercial leases are way more negotiable than like renting a house right because you ain't you ain't <laughs> negotiating nothing when you're renting a, a house apartment they're like this is it yeah take it or leave it that's and some commercial leases can be that way it depends what you're dealing with um so a couple things there's this aspect of like getting your a place built to fit Depending on, and, and, and all the more you can bring to the table, the more negotiating power you have. So if you need them to build the room, like the, let's say you get a space, there's no bathrooms, there's no nothing like mine. You can negotiate to get them to get it built. Um, there are like, especially bigger groups. A lot of them actually have their own. And I've, I'm finding many of them have their own in-house construction groups. And sometimes construction companies actually are the ones buying properties because then they can fix them themselves. And it's, they're basically flipping it. Uh, kind of like a house flipper would. And so you can get them to do it and they will roll that money into the lease. But if they don't have to do it, you have a better negotiating stance if you have your own people that can build out your bathroom and build out all that stuff. 
the longer the lease term you sign, then the more negotiating power you have. Like when you rent a house, like, you know, you might only rent there for like one, three, four years and you're out. And they have no idea. You only sign a one year lease really. Mm-hmm. With commercial, if you're trying to sign a one or two year lease, they probably won't even fuck with you. They probably will not look at you. So they're probably not even going to pay you no attention if you're not willing to sign like three, four years. But you can sign like six year lease, 10 year lease. And if you sign like four, four more your years, you generally have a lot more negotiating power on price because price is generally negotiable. And the longer you're willing to rent, the more negotiable position you can get on price per square foot. So in terms of, let's just say, for example, you rented, um, or yeah, you rented for 10 years, right? So you signed a 10 year lease. And then for whatever reasons you need to break that lease, is there typically a fee in there? Cause that's what I'm seeing as I move from my apartment to my house, I have to pay a, a lease, you know, breaking fee. I don't know all the ins and outs of that, to be honest. Some places, I, I've i seen that there can be a fee. But I've also seen, no, you're going to pay this fucking lease out. I've more often right. seen you're going to pay this full lease out than I have seen, oh, you can just pay like three months and get out. But that's, a, that, you know, this is my limited scope of what I've personally dealt with and just have seen and read about. That's what I've heard is that you won't pay the whole thing. I had this, oh, this asshole from this place in Squirrel Hill, bruh. This man, so Pittsburgh wise, I'm, my experience is that many of the property managers and or leasing agents from the owner's side are the semi pretend, no, not semi, somewhat, no, no, not somewhat. They pretentious 50 year old white guys. And they will, if young black person, they will talk to you like you don't know shit about shit. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know shit, but I do know more than shit about shit. so you ain't about to be talking to me like i don't know shit about shit i just don't know shit so this man we got on the phone and my agent just gave me the number because he he wanted me to personally guarantee the lease and i also learned you can negotiate that shit yo shout out to my consultant yo that man plugged me to fuck in about that so personal guarantees when you sign loans and stuff like that you have to get a personal guarantee even for a business loan with renting a space, the landlord is going to ask you to personally guarantee it. And that guy, he was, I didn't understand it because it was my first time really being faced with that. And he was like, yeah, we're going to personally guarantee the lease. But I was like, what does that mean? He, he, he's like, he was going the long way of telling me that means that you are responsible for paying off the lease even if your business goes under. He could have just said that in one line. But he tried to make me sound like I was, he was trying to explain it to an eighth grader. Like, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, you, 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 you pay for the things that you sign up for and you, it makes sure that you follow through what you say you're going to do. And I'm like, bro, I told this man, I know we're not about to have an intellectual go back and forth because it sounds like you're using a lot of words to tell me that I just need to like say that I'm going to personally pay for the lease. Like, it sounds like you could just say that. Like, I'm not really trying to go back. I really told him that because I was, I'm so irritated. And he was like, I'm just trying to make sure you understand. I'm like, Bro, I wasn't born yesterday. I've been, I've been, I've had my business for a while. Like, I'm not new to this. <laughs> Yo, the whole millennials are babies thing. Oh, so annoying. But this place, even though they're just trying to fuck me over right now, I didn't negotiate out of it. They wanted me to personally guarantee it for six years. I told them, so it's a little tip, write this down. Step down on the personal guarantee. I told them, I'll personally guarantee it for the first year. I'll give you 75% guarantee for the second year. 50% year three, 25% year four. After that, I'm not personally guaranteeing this lease. And they agreed to those terms. 
because really all it is is if I've been here this long, I'm not leaving. And well, if and well, if I want if I want to have the option to leave, I will. But I don't know what how the litigation goes if I just like leave if I'm not personally guaranteeing it. Like basically, it just means that I don't think they can sue me directly. No, they just sue your business. They just sue the business, which is why you have LLC in the first place. Right. Exactly. So yeah. All right. Final thoughts on leases. What's your final thoughts? They're crazy, and I'm not even there yet. <laughs> oh yeah, they, it's wild, and it takes a long time because first you get you 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 apply, then they send you a proposal. Well, like you can send them a proposal. That's what I like to do. Send a proposal of what I want first, and then they will counter with their own proposal. And depending on how organized the development group is, like they might send you something that's very formal looking, or it might be less formal looking. And then you can negotiate back and forth on proposals. And then once a proposal is accepted, then you got to get a lease. But depending on how big they are and how urgent they are, it could take a while. Like, yo, some of these places, they move so damn slow. And I don't understand. Like, you got these multi-million dollar buildings. Why are y'all taking so long to get back? Landlords, for when you're renting a house, they get back to you like that. These people would take a week to respond to one thing. So expect for everything commercially to move slower than you thought it was going to. Because these people act like they ain't about to lose money. They just don't care. So, all right, you made me think of my final thought. My final thought is, this is kind of, this is kind of a, a broader final thought. But one thing that I have learned from Donald, even in the last, I would say last six months, is that you have to have patience and you have to have long-term not even goals but like long-term plans like it's so much like I always thought I had like very long-term like goals but my goals are really like Donald be like in 40 years I'm gonna do this because if x minus z equals y I'm like yeah what are you talking about right now like I'm thinking about next year, maybe next three years at the most. So if you learn nothing from this conversation, learn that the patience of long-term strategy. Long-term strategy, y'all. Be aggressively patient. Aggressively patient. I like that. You can't just I'm just aggressively impatient. <laughs> <laughs> now. I didn't burn myself too many times being impatient, like. I, I got a lot of bumps and bruises being impatient, lost money, then got fucked over. I didn't probably fucked a couple people over trying to be impatient too. See, my like <laughs> positive spin is like, I'm not impatient, I'm eager. Like, but when I signed that lease, I was like, oh, I'm just taking a big leap, leap of faith. Like, this is going to be awesome. And I was like, I'm moving quickly because I'm passionate. And that wasn't right. We live and we learn, my friend. We live and we learn. I've definitely been there. But we're going to end this episode here. And so catch us on the next episode of the Boss Chronicles. This has been a joy. Um, yes, make sure you subscribe. We got a few episodes up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. This is going to get released sometime around like in May, maybe like later mid-May. We got a lot of episodes on queue. We got to go over that next week. But all right, we'll catch y'all. Uh, holla. See ya.